Matt. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank Yourself? Yeah, I would expect you are really good after tipping up Patrick Reed to uh, to win. Absolutely. You don't come wrong very often those weeks. We had Reedy with a winner and a three or, three or four places, which is, is a very pleasant week for me, I can't lie. Yeah, I would imagine you were absolutely stoked at that week. Uh, and well done. Congratulations to your great tipping. Uh, I... I'm a big fan of Patrick Reed too. I'm a little bit sore at myself for uh, letting that one slip by, but you're uh, uh, you, you're really onto something there when you mentioned that he plays hard golf course as well, which he really does, and uh, you you did a, a fantastic tipping job there. So um, well done to you, and hopefully you know a few people were following you and uh, and got on as well. Hopefully that's the case. Yeah, I think it was quite nice at the weekend. It was one of those that was just zero stress, even. Going into Sunday, you quite fancied him to be the, the man in the fight because there was lots around the leaderboard. But, I mean, by about, what, six, seven holes in, they all started going backwards. And after Hovland put it in the in the, in the the rubbish, it was it was game over, really. Yeah, it was. So that, we'll, we'll go through that and actually talk about that because there's a few talking points through that tournament, which, uh, you know, you'd have to be living in a cave to not, <laughs> uh, not know what I'm talking about. But um, so I'm going to sort of do a bit of a post-mortem on that uh that tournament uh and which is um the um farmers insurance at Tory Pines and uh we'll also do a bit of a post mortem on the Dubai Desert Classic as well which was um uh, a, a good winner for a multi time winner on the European tour Paul Casey uh so yeah so what as I say welcome to all the listeners to uh man in the stand um and with Matt Phillips uh, Matt's uh, Twitter handle is um, at four f o r e underscore bet, and uh, to follow what you know his selections, which after last week's performance is probably not a bad idea. And uh, we are also uh, in, in conjunction and support um, of Star Sports, uh, the gentleman's bookmaker www.starsports.bet.uk. They've got some fantastic promotions going on, which we'll talk about later. Okay, so let's talk about uh, first of all the Dubai Desert Classic. Um, your mate uh, Paul Casey, who you've uh, said you've been burnt before many times on in the past, um, and who I actually backed the week before and chipped <laughs> out. Uh, um, you know, in America, he goes and flies halfway across the world, comes to Dubai. I'm thinking, well, that's a bit much of a flight for you know for anyone, and um, and that's why we all kind of laid off Rory a little bit going back the other way. Um, but it didn't prove to be much of a problem to. Um, to Paul Casey, who uh, who won uh, went and won in Dubai uh, in, a, in a in a really short fashion, finishing on nineteen under. Um, what did you sort of take away, and, and and what did you what? How did your sort of selections go? And I'll, then I'll give you my post mortem. Yeah, I mean, start with Casey. He was impressive, wasn't he? He, he barely came off the bridle. He was. Um, I obviously I had Wiesberger and McIntyre were up there going into Sunday, but I mean, they never really got a got a shout. Um, Casey was just impressive, Tita Green, just consistency. I think he chipped in on the third or fourth hole. Um, he looked a little bit dodgy. I think he dropped one, um, and then he chipped in on the third or fourth hole. I never really looked back. Um, he was, I can't knock him. I said he, someone uh, on Twitter that I know had backed him, and he made that 25s at the start of the week look a very, very big price. Um, almost feel a bit yeah. for not getting involved. I know we spoke about it last week a little bit, and it's just one of those that I would yeah. rarely, rarely back. Um, but yeah, he made it very big in the end and he was the class of the leaderboard, wasn't he? And despite it looking like it could be a decent finish, he, like I say, barely came off the bridle and sort of he'd won it, won it with plenty in hand in the end. He did. I thought that Tommy Fleetwood was going to give him a good run uh, throughout the tournament. Um, the first three, two, you know, three rounds, Tommy Fleetwood was right there and he looked in great nick. I thought um, that he was going to pull away from the field, but Fleetwood had a poor um, sort of end to his third round and a, and a, and a very poor final round and uh, and really just um, flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, yeah, our selection, well, I think we both went for Bern Wiesberger. Mm -hmm. I... Um, he finished well, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not done with Wiesberger just yet. I, th I think he might go okay this week, but I'm gonna, as I say, he's just one of those guys for me that um, when I leave him alone, he wins, and when I when I don't, he he doesn't. Or when I get on him, he doesn't. So he's kind of a bit of a hex golfer for me, Bern Wiesberger. But I but I think he finished well. And my other selection, Rasmus Hogard, I've 
I remain very much in favour of this kid. I think he's got a big future. He, he finished in a, in a great. Uh, he finished with a great finish um, of a, a final round five under sixty seven to finish on eight under, tied for ninth. And we did get a bit of a. At least we got a, a, a sort of a sneak of some place money with Wiesberger finishing sixth on the final round of um, of sixty nine to finish nine under. So got a little bit of a, as I say, a bit of a place. Um, uh, pot with uh, with Wiesberg, but nothing to write home about, and uh, and and Rasmus Hogard, I think, um, is a big name to look out for in the future uh, in the, on the European tour. Um, sure. So, so just what, about Hogard, yeah. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I was one who uh, he burned me in Mauritius. I was on Rosner at hundreds when when Hogard came and beat him in a playoff. Um, I think he eat the yeah. first playoff hole. But yeah, I watched him all through. It's quite interesting. The UK swing just after the COVID resumption. So he started off, yeah. went off at 90s at the first venue. And then obviously he won along the way, but he ended up going off almost favourite, sort of looking at 30s, 25s. So half in his price and half in it again by the time. So I think it's a different golf for him playing in the desert. But the more he gets used to it, he's yeah. a class, class player and he's he's going to be around for a while. Yeah, he is. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it was um, interesting to see a few new names come up on that European Tour lead, or younger names come up on that uh, European Tour leaderboard as well. Um, I know you, you mentioned a couple as well uh, that you like the look of it. Was there anyone there that you kind of took away from that tournament to, as a bit of a ring around to kind of uh, a ring around the name to watch for the future? Yeah, so I, I think that there's a, a lad who, another a guy on uh, Twitter I know, um, put him up at 200 to 1 actually, and I, I managed to get on in play halfway through round three, I think, at 66s, was Carlos Moyer, yeah. who was really, really good, going up at a big price. Um, but he's very, very good around the greens, and he just he made it hard work for himself on Sunday, but kept knocking in the puts under pressure. And for, for a lad who's, I think he's early 20s, um, but he's sort of just coming to the point where he's shown a bit of potential on the European tour. So I think he's one that I'd keep an eye out for. Um, unfortunately, he's half halved in price this week. Um, and with the increased strength of field, not sort of a big enough price for us to move back, but definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think that he's a, he's someone to look out for. Um, and um, and I think um, there's a, there's another uh, a guy in there. What's his name? Is it Aunt? Adrian House. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian Team Noteput, um, we'll call him. Um, he's an incredible ball striker. <laughs> I'm kind of a, a bit of a sucker for that sort, sort of player. Um, Gains strokes all the way up to when he gets the flat stick in his hands and then cannot seem to bury a thing. Now, he did knock in a few long ones, but he's very much like the, I don't know, the modern day uh, Sergio who finished um, just behind this week, just when he's got a short one, just you don't fancy him one bit. Yeah, yeah, which uh, uh, which reminds me of um, uh, you know uh, another, another another player who's actually heading out to Saudi this week. And so let's um, let's have a look at the Saudi International since we're in the desert. Um, Saudi International being played this week, uh, a pretty um, impressive leaderboard uh, leaderboard. I beg your pardon. Starters field: uh, Dustin Johnson, um, uh, Patrick Reed. Uh, backs up, you know, off uh, off winning in the states last week. Um, um, Bryson DeChambeau, the, the you know the Terminator. Uh, so uh, you know, obviously they're, they're all getting pretty fat paychecks to actually come and actually even play at this tournament. But hey, fair enough. If that's what you know, if you want to do, go and, and do it. Fine. Um, what have you sort of uh, taken any sort of leads from from the Saudi International this week? I had a look at it and I've been I've been umming and ahhing all week uh, I mentioned it to you on Twitter earlier in the week I've not really got a strong lean a um, couple of reasons no. I think and then it's a really short course about 7,000 yards um, so it's largely going to be a wedge competition um, as far as I can gather um, it should have some wind coming into play but the majority of the players especially those coming over from the US they're going to get it out there that fine it's just going to be who can stick it closest from 100, 125 yards and make some puts Um yeah, but I think the the top of the markets should, if they're in any sort of form, dominate, and that's why I'm reticent this week to to stake much on it because I'm not really someone who's going to back back at less than tens. Um, and I think if you know yeah. Bryson turns up, I think it's theirs to lose. Um, but that said, you don't know how they've been in the break. But they're coming across to a Euro Tour field, and yes, it's a strong Euro Tour field. But if they turn up, you can discount two thirds of the field because they're just 
a level above what you're going to be looking at. So for that reason, yeah. I'm nervous to get involved. Um, there's probably going to be a bit of a bias with the weather. Um, so if you're in the AM, PM waves or going out early on Thursday and the later on Friday, you get the best of the weather both days by the looks of it, which means yeah. um, circumstances have conspired somehow against Patrick Reed. I know he used golf so yeah. Twitter won't be happy with that one. Um, but with <laughs> Bryson and um, Tyrrell Hatton and Dustin and a couple more, I think Tony Finau, they all get the preferable weather draw. So it's just yeah. just more and more stacking up that make me unsure about getting involved, to be honest. Um, the ones I have plumped for, I've just got a couple of bets. Um, so I've backed Matt Wallace. Um, he has played well through the desert. He's played both the desert events. He's got an AMPM draw. He's 45 to 1, which is a bit longer than it was last week. And he's one of those that's kind of a bit like Wiesberger, almost threatened to get in contention and looked like he's going to move on it and not actually done so. Yeah. Um, a new cat in the bag. Yeah. And when he gets his putter going, he really can knock him in. So I'm happy to take a small chance on, on Wallace at that price and also to give Shane Lowry another chance. Um, Shane, I watched this weekend and he just couldn't put. He was losing all sorts of strokes on and around the greens, which isn't like him. Um, so I've taken Shane Lowry at mm. 40 as well. Again, preferable weather draw. And he's a class player. He's not going to be scared by some of those names up there. Like, I think might be quite daunting for a lot of the other Euro Tour guys. Um, aside yeah. from that, he's also, they both can scramble as well. It's another thing I looked at here. And there's quite a lot of like shaved runoffs around the greens, um, which, which I yeah. think they'll be able to handle really quite well. Um, I quite like Victor Hovland this week, but he can't chip for Toffee, so kind of discounted him off the back of that, as well as the disappointment he will have felt at Farmers. All the yeah. names at bigger prices that I thought about but haven't backed, um, I know some I've backed elsewhere, are Alex Levy. So he's got good form. He finished well last week, um, and he's finished fifth here uh, in 2019. He's 100 to 1. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dissuade you from backing him but I just don't think he wins. Um, and also, if you want like massive prices, uh, Gavin Green is Malaysian. Um, he was on the, I can't remember what the, the name of it, the Malaysian um, tour or the China tour, one of the two, and sort of dominated that completely. Um, he is 200 to one, and in his two start series, finished third and 11th, um, which isn't bad going. Now, the other side of that is he's got absolutely no form to speak of and was hitting it terribly last week. But if you like a big price and course form, 200 to one's available. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on this Saudi Open. Oh, it's Saudi International. I'm, I'm, uh, what's the word? I, I'm a non-plussed about it at best. Uh, I always have been. Um, and, and so I, I don't really um, play this market. I'll, I'll, I might have a couple of dabbles just for, just for, for the interest, but I'm, I'm definitely putting more of my resources into the, uh, to the waste management Phoenix Open. Um, I, uh, yeah, for me, I'll, um, as you say, uh, it, it's a bomber's paradise. This, it's, it's, there's, there's very little vegetation to speak of. The, the greens are, um, the fairways are super wide. Uh, and, and as you say, if you've got the length like a, a DJ or a DeChambeau to bomb it out there, or the Finau is also there this week, and Mickelson's there this week, you know, you obviously he's not quite as long as you, but well, actually, he's as, he's as driving as long as he ever has. But uh, I think you, if you get it out there a long way, as you say, it's just going to turn. It's like this is just being, I mean, like a big pitch and putt course, really, for these guys. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, you know, I, DJ's won here twice before. I, I, you know, if he turns up in any sort of form, um, who's going to stop him? Uh, and, uh, you know, then you've got DeChambeau who, who drives, you know, into, into the next district. So I think, um, you know, and I'm not going to take any of those guys. Um, just I, I'll, I'm interested in Finau because here's a, I have a funny theory about Finau. Um, I watched him last week and once again, I just... He just murders putts um, uh, on Sundays, doesn't he? Um, uh, and um, he was right in contention again. Uh, he, he played so well for the three days. He comes along on the Sunday and was playing quite well. But once again, just butchered a couple of chances on, on the greens. Um, and I, 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 I can't put any stock or faith in him at all. And I'm not recommending that anyone does. But I would just say this. 
I think that these greens are these greens and these courses like it and at Saudi and all that are incredible. Um, and I, they're manicured to within an inch of their lives, so um, no one ever gets to play them. You know, um, uh, they, they basically exist. These courses, um, uh, not for, you know, there are people that play them, but I mean, really, they keep they 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 empty these courses out. You know, three or four weeks beforehand, keep get them absolutely pristine because they want to advertise Saudi as being this golfing kind of paradise. Uh, Finau, if and we all know what length Finau has, he can hit it as he can keep pace uh, on on a half or three quarter swing with Deschambeau and and Dustin Johnson. The guy's prodigiously long, and if he gets his irons going, which he's got a fantastic ball striking yeah. game, if he can stick them anywhere in and around the green, and he's off the off American soil and away from the pressure of all of that that comes with that. He he might just sneak up and win something like this just because it would be kind of ironic that he would go and win in in Saudi, uh, you know, um, when he really wants to win on the PGA Tour. But uh, you know, he would, of course, he'd take this. The the purse would uh, I can't remember what it was, but it's almost so he'd be happy enough to win it. But I just I I just think in an ironic kind of way um, he would be uh, an interesting look. I but once again, I, his, his odds are I think he's about fifteen to one, so I couldn't really take him. Um, Wiesberger and Hogard, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at again. There's a South African, young South African player called Wilco Nienbauer. Yeah, um, now, he, um, yeah, he, he's prodigiously long as well. He hits it into the next postcode, but he's, uh, and he, uh, but he's a bit all over the shop. If he's zoned in, he he, he could be um, good odds. I think he's about 125 to Yeah, I think he's, um, he's even longer. And I might have a, a little he's, yeah, he's one I wrote down earlier um, to have a look at. Um, he's 175 best price at the minute, I think. Uh, he's one who came 175. in yeah. the, the UK swing as well. So he's on the Sunshine Tour, wasn't he? And he got he played yeah. some really, really small qualifying events and dominated them in England um, just before the restart and played in a couple yeah. that placed really well. But he's playing terribly. This this just absolutely spraying it. Obviously, he's prodigious off the tee. He goes about 360 or 370. Um yeah, which is just stupid. It dwarfs even Bryson, but yeah, he's been hitting the ball really badly for a while. So even at that point, yeah. I'm not sure I could get involved. But I think he's got talent in abundance. So at a cost, that's a better fit. Definitely want to keep an eye on. Yeah, I agree with you. He's a bit like Happy Gilmore, isn't he? He's he, he's um he can hit it an absolute mile, but he's all over the shot. So uh, you know, I wouldn't, as I say, I'd take him with a definite wealth warning uh, on him don't be uh, don't be too uh, be prepared to lose money uh, on that guy but you know at good odds he could be an interesting each way play but he has to be under control maybe he might be with someone to look at in running if he's playing the first or second yeah. round well he still might represent some decent value um okay let's uh, let's leave the uh, boys in the saudi desert there and, and see how they go through the week um or through the weekend uh and let's head over to the tpc in scottsdale arizona to the waste management phoenix open to one of the most kind of storied famous um you know events on tour you know not only because it's 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 a, it's a long-running event on the pga tour but obviously obviously also because of this enormous um stadium um past 16th uh green uh par three green complex that they have there which i i didn't think that they were going to have anyone but according to what i read there is going to be a, a small kind of crowd there Matt. is that what you understand to be the case yeah i think they're getting in five thousand fans a day uh which is it's still far less than than they would they would normally get because um, normally it's quite yeah. a raucous sort of party atmosphere isn't it which yeah can go one way or another i remember harry higgs last year um on the 17th i think rode his driver off the tee after roasting one onto the green in one on the par four um, and then knocked in the eagle putt, which was it was brilliant. I think JT Poston posted it on Twitter earlier, um, who was in the group too. Um, so yeah, it's always a brilliant atmosphere. Um, obviously, there's all sorts going on that can usually distract the the players. Um, which... would, would you ever uh, would you ever like to go to that, Matt? Is that something that you would like to go to that path? I mean, as you say, there's about eighty thousand people a day on that in that stadium uh, on that pole alone. It's absolutely amazing. Um, would you be interested in someone to go to that, or are you? Would that not be your cup? It would, given given a choice of all the PGA Tour events, it wouldn't be my first choice. Um, but it wouldn't be far behind either. I think it looks like a cracking day out. I don't know about you. What do you reckon? Would you go? Yeah, um, I'm, yeah I'm the same. Uh, I uh, for the crack, I think it would be. Uh, I think you'd have to go once for the experience. Um, 
uh, yeah, would, would it be, uh, you know, obviously first on my bucket list would be um, Augusta. Uh, I'd like to also go to the Sony Open in Hawaii because it just looks so lovely. But, uh, uh, yeah, the waste management, yeah, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to go for the, to, for an afternoon and uh, and have, a, yeah, a few beers and, um, and watch it. I think it'd be good atmosphere and a good party. But, yeah, I, I, it wouldn't be someone I'd race to. No, but, no, I, you know, but I think... I, I think it's. I still think it's cool what they've done, and it's it, it's great because, you know, there's always that thing about silence and keep quiet and, and everything around golfers and, and all that, which is fine. But to sort of have that completely turned on its head and and then playing in like a football stadium atmosphere on one hole is really kind of cool, eh? Yeah, I think it's it's a way to grow a game, I guess, isn't it? And the players going to Phoenix Open in a normal year, they know what they're signing up for, don't they? So I think when it's expected and almost celebrated in a way, I think it's good, right? You could have. Yeah, yeah. Have all got there and they've all got they're very serious golf fans. But I think there's there's a there's a time and an opportunity for a bit of everything, isn't there? So I think it's a good thing, definitely. Yeah, I I, th- I think it's a good thing. Anytime you can, as I say, bring a, an element of, of fun and enjoyment into it, and 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 it's a bit of a party and and it's a bit of an experience, then then yeah, why not? And uh, you know, and and it works for them. Um, what's really interesting about this course? I think um, it's you know it's a par seventy one, seven thousand two hundred sixty one yards. So, and, so it, and it kind of is an interesting course in the way that it offers something for everyone. There's an opportunity here for your shorter sort of straight hitters, uh, your good ball strikers, and 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 straight drivers off the tee who maybe aren't terribly long. They've got just as much chance to win this as your power bombers who um you know who can send at 300 yards plus regularly and and can and get it out there and the reason for that obviously is there's a stretch of holes on this course um the par five the 15th which is a short par five 15th and quite reachable in two then you've got the the famous par three 16th which is um on all these sort of atmosphere that comes with that even with five thousand people will still be a good atmosphere uh and then you've got the you know drivable par four 17th um which has got that very risk reward sort of factor to it with that huge body of water off to the left hand side so it, it you know uh the the, the tournament and I've really enjoyed watching this tournament every year coming down the stretch on the Sunday because the tournament always kind of gets decided on that last sort of four or five um, holes, doesn't it? And it's always some, you know, remember Ricky Fowler um, had this in the bag a few years ago and the wheels came off spectacularly at the 17th when they tried, when you tried to drive the hole and went in the water, uh, it, you know, uh, left the door open for Hideki Matsuyama to win it again. He, you know, he's won it a couple of times in a row. Um, it's a really, it's a really exciting, I mean, Tony Fina just dipped out to Webb Simpson last year and it was just basically because Webb Simpson out-putted him uh, on, on the last, uh, on the last hole. But uh, I, I think it's a really exciting layout in the way that there's eagles and birdies are plenty on 15, 16 and 17, isn't there? Yeah, I think it's, it's equally one of my favourite uh, tournaments to watch just because of the finish. Like you say, it's you dissimilar to this week where Casey was like four clear with four to play and it was game over. It's very much not the case here. So it's all sort yeah. of still in play. You can make anything on that on that 17th. Uh, I wish they'd shaved the bank completely, so it made it much more of a risk reward hole. Um, for those that don't know, they yeah. have sort of all to the left hand side is is drops off into a into water, but they left the rough up a bit last year. So the year before, I can't remember when it was where the balls were missing and not going where the players wanted them to, but didn't pay the ultimate expense if they've not hit a really bad one. I think they should just shave it completely and and make it more of a decision because it ended up the vast majority of the field would just take a big stick out and and go for it. Whereas if that's the case, there's much more much more planning and much more strategy required, uh, which I always think is interesting around the golf course. Uh, but like you say, anyone can win here. You've got players like Ryan Moore and Ches Reevy who are very much the uh, the slimmer end of length off the tee, who've performed really well here consistently. So, yeah, it's a it's a good betting event because it's wide open, and because of that, you get some nice prices um, as well as a decent field yeah. this year too, which has which has helped to pad out um, the odds at the bottom of the market. Yeah, so let's um, let's hoist up who we kind of like. Um, I'll start. I am. I'm, I generally put, you know, four golfers to sort of keep an eye on, and and people can either take them as you say in any way that they would wish to see, whether they go top twenty or you know in running or or what have you. But my uh, my four I'm I'm investing in this week uh, from the get go are 
I like Siwoo Kim at 60 to 1. I thought the way he won the Amex uh, and the way he closed it out on the Sunday for me was really, really impressive. And I think uh, he is the kind of golfer that, uh, you know, uh, is like, he just needs to keep it straight and keep it on and keep his, he's very good with his um, ball flight, very good um, uh, ball striker. And I think uh, if he gets away to a good start, I think sixty to one represents really great value each way for Siwoo Kim. So I'm I'm going to main I'm going to keep faith in him in the way that I think he's probably still pretty warm from from that win at the Amex. I think um, it's at La Quinta in California as well. It's a desert kind of layout, just like this is a desert layout. So um, I think uh, I like him. Um, I I had a just as you had the winner last week. I had um, a second place getter. I tipped out last week, Xander Schauffele. I have been on this guy, so he's given me more place <laughs> returns than I've had hot in hot dinners, which is a little bit frustrating, to be fair. Now, I'm and as much as I'm happy that Xander Schauffele came up for second last week um, from a way, way back in the field, he, he really um, he had an awful first couple of days, and then he kind of got his shit together and and, and played well on, uh, especially on on the final day to to climb up into a into a chair of second. I'm. I'm just not going to get off this guy now because I'm too heavily invested in him. You know, like um, I, you know, I can't get off because I know the minute I get off this guy, he's going to win. So um, I'm going to I'm going to stick with Xander uh, as much as I'm getting uh, annoyed at the guy because I know he can. Uh, he, you know, he's he's been on what I would think he would be first to admit is not a great run of form, even though he's been placing all over the shop. He's just not getting the. He's not being accurate enough of the tees. He seems to be just um, leaving himself in bad positions, and and uh, and it's driving me crazy. But I'm going to stick with him, um, and that's he's only at ten to one. So I mean, I'm just going to put something onto him to win. Um, uh, but um, he's too short for me. But I can't leave him alone because I just know Sod's Lawyers is going to win. Daniel Berger, I'm going to. Um, I've I've been a big. I've been a big fan of Daniel Berger. When he got came away off, off the tour with an injury, uh, that wrist injury he had, and he kind of fought his way back onto tour and then had the win at the Charles Schwab. Um, I was on I, I was on him at that time because I thought this guy's class and if he's got over that injury, he'll be um he'll be you know, he'll be quids in and sure enough he won. And then from there on in he, he did well um uh, right throughout the season. I think this course suit would suit Berger. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of Daniel Berger. I think he's going to have a big year, and uh, and I think this, um, you know, he's a ball striking um, machine. He's very good around the greens, and so I'm 18 to one. He's a bit short, but I'm going to take him anyway. And for my 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 value bet of the of the week, I tipped up Richie Wawrinski last week. Uh, at the Farmers, and he played very well. Um, he, he finished just outside the places, but I thought he played really, really well for the four days. He is at 175 to one this week, which I think is stonking value each way. So I'm, I'm really, really keen on Richie Wawrinski. So those are my um, picks, uh, Matt. Who, who do you like at the at the waste management? Center? So I have a couple of ones I really like. Um, one of which I backed last week, so I'm staying on uh, this trend. So my headline pick this week is Will Zalatoris. Um, he came T seventh at the Farmers. He eagled the last hole to get us the vast majority of our place money um, at sixty sixes, and I thought he'd be chopped much more than this. Um, his stats are just silly. Um, I think he's he's got he's had a couple of start, the last starts. He's had ten top tens in something like eighty percent of his PGA Tour starts. Um, I scribbled all these stats down and I've lost them somewhere. Um, but I think his course makes out really well um, for the course. Um, his game, sorry, he's. Greens and regulation isn't great, but he's fifth in strokes gain approach. And I think par four scoring works quite nicely here too. Um, and he, he's doing pretty well in that. And I just think he's nowhere near his ceiling. I wrote him up this week and he will be a lot shorter than 45 to one very soon. And I don't think we'll see the likes of that price about him again um, for a long time afterwards. So after his place next week, we've got a bit of money back. So I'm I'm quite happy to, to keep the faith with Zalatoris and hope that he can come on and break through at some point soon. Um, the next one is... Now, I wasn't going to back him um, because um, I don't normally back him and he's normally one I stay away from, um, and it's Ryan Palmer. Um, the reason that I am going to back him is because I'm trying this year to not look at names because um, I looked at the board and I saw Palmer at 45s and my eyes were drawn to Brooks Kepka at 50s, 55s, and I sort of questioned myself. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you backing Palmer over, over Brooks? Um, but he's just incredibly consistent. Um, his last couple of starts, he's got a second and a fifth. 
Um, he's also got a second and a sorry, a second and a fourth, and he's also had a second and a fifth here in the past. Um, he's twenty second on tour greens in regulation, forty second in approach, and T third. So he's literally at the top of the shop for par four scoring. And he's just incredibly consistent and he's becoming a very, very good golfer. Um, I normally want to try and try and avoid and try and not back because because he's not really my sort of golfer, but he's getting results. So I think it's a cracking price about Palmer, to be honest. Um, so I'm very much in in there. Um, the next one is very much the opposite of Palmer, one who I have backed more than my fair share. And to be honest, he's not really repaired me. Um, a little bit like Xander, maybe for you. Uh, but the biggest price he's been yeah. in a while is Russell Henley. Um, I was surprised to see 66s about Henley. I backed him all the way down to, I think he was 28s for the Wyndham um, and finished just outside the places. Uh, but his ball striking stats are just elite. Um, there's probably no one better on tour in, in sort of strokes game ball strike. And he's 16th greens in reg. He's fourth on tour, strokes gained approach, par four scoring, he's first of everyone. And you've got to think a lot of the players, the elites who are going to be ahead of him in those things like DJ aren't actually playing this tournament at all. Um, now, the other side of that is he's not got great course form. He had a T15th in 2019, uh, a miscut last year. I just think he's due and I think he's a great price and he just needs to put okay. And if he can do that, he could make that look a very small price. Um, and then I get quite big with my prices. I've got 100s, 150s and a 250s. So I'll talk stats quickly about them. Um, but please appreciate with you. If you're going to back these, they are a big price for a reason. Um, first is Chris Kirk, who has been in really good form this year, um, has a T11th and a T37 at, at Phoenix, um, Scott, which is which is reasonable. Yeah. Um, and his recent form is pretty good too. So he, he had a good finish um, in Hawaii. And obviously, he's been battling his personal demons, and he was off the tour for quite a long time. And to come back from that, I think, shows sort of a great amount of resilience, and he's looked in really good form. So, and he's, he's a birdie maker yeah. too. He's one who can score. He just needs to avoid avoid the big numbers and the bogeys, and he, he could can play re really well here, I think. Um, and at a big price, Martin Laird, um, who really popped the stats, and I was surprised. Um, he's had some really good course form, four top tens here in the past. Um, obviously, he won uh, a tournament in the swing season, so he's not he's not a void of any sort of form. Um, eighth in greens and regulation, I just think you need to give yourself chances here. Um, and he does that in abundance. Um, he's 106th approach, but you can't get that with 150 on job. Um, 43rd for scoring. So you can tell I'm kind of repeating the metrics that I've used. Um, but also, I've not weighted driving very highly here. So that helps Laird come out, come out quite well in my modelling too. Um, so I'm back in Martin Laird at 150 to 1. And because six was my lucky number last week, I'm going to come back this week with a 250 shot in Matthew Neesmith. I posted on Twitter at the start of the year, um, probably September time, that I will back Matthew Neesmith every single time. He's 200 to one and above. Now, I've kept the faith with that and I have backed him. I've not tipped him because I didn't think he was going to win, but I just couldn't abide not being on him if he did. Um, and he is, he's just a greens and regulation machine. His ball striking is excellent. He puts terribly, but he's 250 to one. Uh, and I think you can kind of get the feeling of the profile of the golfers I tend to go for, ones who strike it really well. And I'm just hoping for a good putting week. But it's the, the first time this season I thought he actually makes out really well for a course. And it's the biggest price he's been in a while. So Matt Lee Smith at 250 to one rounds out my card for uh, Scottsdale. Yeah, I think Matthew Naismith is a good shout. Uh, he, he's, he's a classy player, no doubt about it. Great ball stroke, as you say. Uh, and that does represent, I think, very good value. Uh, I, I think I'd be surprised if he's not there or thereabouts on by Saturday. Uh, and then uh, then it's, you know, as anyone's after, you know, if he can make a good run at it, then yeah. it, that could be a very good shout. Interesting you say what you say about Ryan Palmer. But it's also interesting what you you compare them to Brooks Kepka. Yeah, no, he's nothing like Kepka. But what was interesting that you say about that was I watched Kepka last week and he yep. was woeful. Uh, and um, and obviously he's parted ways with Claude Harmon as swing, swing coach. He's looking to obviously, you know, change things up in his game and, and move on and, and look for some fresh answers. And and he's obviously not had it very easy lately, Kepka, because he's trying to come back from injury. He seems to have lost touch. And and uh, and for the first time, I looked at him this la last weekend and thought, or last, you know, the first you know couple of rounds because he was in the featured groups. I love that PGA Tour featured groups. 
um, uh, coverage that you get early on Thursday and Friday. And the reason why I love it is because you get to watch players, six players basically play their entire rounds, um, which gives you so much more appreciation of where they are in their game. Because when they get to the main body of coverage later in the evening, it jumps from one golfer to the other and who's sinking parts and who's doing this. So you get to see glimpses until you get down to the Sunday where they now concentrate on the final maybe 10, you know, and, and you, and then they, and you, they, you get to see much more of their games. But at the beginning of the week, you see certain golfers in those featured groups, basically their entire rounds. And what became startlingly obvious to me was Kepka is cold, like freezing cold. He is awful at the moment. And um, and I think it must be worrying times for Kepka now. Now, um, he could prove a liar of me because he's obviously class and he could come out um, this weekend and, 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 and storm the field. But, man, I, I, based on what I saw last week, um, I don't think so because he was just... Yeah. His touch was terrible, and that's not something you associate with with Kepka. Um, so I, I'd be very interested to see um, what ha- you know what how he sort of approaches this because he can overpower this course and make those um, you know those par fives and you know, give himself eagle shots on those par fives. He can drive that seventeenth par four easy on and get it on on one if he can if he's got yeah. his radar set. In, but man, um, I, don't I think week, yeah, I, I watched a bit so. of Kepka on featured groups as well last week, and he just looked like he didn't know what was going on. Uh, like it's not like there's just a, no. a small area yeah. he needs to get get out. And I know he's coming back from an injury, but but he was just just looked a shadow of him for himself. And I know at some point. Class will come back, and he'll probably make make a price, whatever that happens to be, look quite small. But I'd have no confidence backing him at this point, and I think that's reflected in the market with with players who you'd think would be far beneath him that are actually um, much much shorter prices at the moment. Um, what did you? Um, another golfer in that featured groups um, uh, coverage was Jordan Spieth uh, earlier in the week. What do you think of where Spieth is um, in Jordan his game Spieth, at the moment? Um, is the, the single golfer that got me into golf betting pretty much. Um, I used to absolutely love Jordan Spieth. Wow. And it was kind okay. of his his whole rise and when he was young, getting on tour. And he was like, like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. He was one of the golfers who I followed before his price got ridiculously short. Um, so obviously, that was, that was a good experience yeah. at the time. But... I want him. My problem with Speed is that I'm on his side. I really want him to be good and succeed and come back. And every time he shows a shadow or a glimmer of what what he used to be, it just goes the other way. Uh, I think he's probably in a better place now than he was a year or two ago. But that said, it's just far yeah. from from anywhere near what what he used to be. And I think it's not even any single part of his game. Quite like Kopka, it's he just can't seem to. It's just not the golfer that he was, and I'm not sure he's ever going to get back to it. Which is that's quite sad, really, because he was he was brilliant um, at that point. Yeah, that's my fear with Spieth as well. Uh, I I didn't get on him like you did at the start. I I watched him and thought, oh, he's a good young player. This kid's good, yeah. And 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 and, he, and him, you know, and, and obviously some a little bit later, JT just absolutely caught fire there for a while, and uh, and and and. and Speed won everything going, and he was, as you yeah. say, he was like the new Nicholas, wasn't he? Uh, and um, and but yeah, it's been yeah. awful to see his decline. And it's such an interesting, it's in the whole sports psychology level, golf is such a mental game. You can see these guys; it is really, you know, they talk about the you know the two inches being the sort of difference between between the years between winning and losing on the tour. And you can see, you know, why um, because Speed looks just. He, yeah, he is, and I think you are right. I think I watched him very interesting uh, closely last week, and I'm interested to see. I think there's, I think he's getting there. I think he's getting there. I'm not going to say he's, he's, you know, he's all you know coming back or anything like that. I'm just saying that I think he's in a better place, as you say, that he was a year or two ago, where he just looked, he was trying everything, and he just looked frantic. Now I think he's kind of. And and you know what it was all, all, all what, how it all went bad for him. Uh, I read a really interesting article where he was looking. You know, once again he was looking for more distance, trying to keep up with these guys who um, were starting to drive at three hundred yards plus regularly. You know, at three thirty, three forty. Um, and 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 I think uh, from what I understand from this article, he tried to kind of 
get on that because he was never known as the as longest driver and tried to add yards to his game and that just started the whole ball unraveling and and then here we are um and what i hope uh with speed is he does find his way back because i mean I, I i liken him at the moment a bit to david duval you know like i think um he looks like and i hope this doesn't happen um he, you know he becomes a guy that was once great and and just then makes up the numbers out of politeness and uh, and uh, and what have you for, for was obviously his major winning record but um I just saw a little flicker last week that makes me think that no I think he you know he could he could get there um but um, yeah. he seems a bit more he seems a bit more calm about it now like he doesn't seem to be quite so, so much uh, yeah, himself exactly up, the same thing know? I think yeah he doesn't he doesn't seem as resigned anymore as he did a couple of years ago I think at one point um, when he tried to make a, a comeback and he just had a two-way miss with with a short iron, which is a travesty compared to what he was. And he just looked like he hated the game of golf and he, he despised being there. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm very much putting words in his mouth, but it, it seems like he's enjoying it slightly more and he's actually seeing aspects of his game come back, but it's still far from, from all coming back to tie together, I think. Um, but... I mean, similar, when we talk about Spieth, I guess we should probably talk about Ricky as well. Um, I can't believe how short he is this week, and I can't believe I wanted to back him. Um, I've not, um, because it's Ricky, and I don't really want to, even despite his farm here. His farm here. Uh, but I think it's interesting how how short Ricky's price is compared to Spieth. I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch Ricky Fowler <laughs> with a barge pole. Um, I, I can't, I can't, be, I never really backed, I've never backed Ricky Fowler and I, and it's not because I don't think he's a great golfer, but I just, uh, yeah, he's always been a bit too short for me. I, he's, he's deadly when he's on the greens and he's putting well, he's, there's no one better than Ricky Fowler, you know, um, around 10, 15 feet, he's incredible. Um, but even that seems to have lost, uh, lost a touch, lost a little bit lately, but, um, yeah, ever since he tried to re-engineer his swing and what have you, he's, yeah, uh, I can't, I can't have him. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, he's it's an interesting he's an interesting watch as well um, for sure. Uh, I, I you know I I just think there's there's so many good young guys coming up through the fields now. The Hovlands, the Morikawas, the you know um, uh, you know the, a lot of these other young guys we've been talking about. That I think uh, yeah, I, I, unless Ricky Fowler finds something really magical, um, I yeah he he might pop up and win the old one, but um, if he's going to win, yeah, I, it probably yeah, has to be know. somewhere here where he's of at Scottsdale, or somewhere where he's got excellent an excellent course record. I think yeah, gone are the days where maybe he's competing with with the best past that. Um, just before we finish off um, Scottsdale, I have a ridiculously long odds shot that I want to give you. Uh, I've backed him top twenty. Yeah, um, I realise I've given six picks and I'm probably not going to back him outright, but he is three hundred to one, so I might do. Uh, I mentioned him on Twitter earlier. Um, he came through the Monday qualifier, um, Nick Hardy. Um, so if if you listen to this and you don't follow A Case of the Golf 1 on Twitter, please do. Um, Monday Q Info, he's absolutely brilliant at covering minor tours and development tours and uh, Monday qualifiers, as is in his name. Um, and I kind of started to follow Nick Hardy through him um, when I was following all sorts of stuff on Twitter back during lockdown um, and beyond. But he came through... Um, a qualifier at Century, I think, and I debated backing him, and he finished T14, um, which is a great performance. And then to Monday in again, a couple of weeks later, I think he shot a 64, um, beat Aneban Lahiri in a playoff um, with an eight under on a very similar course. Um, it's just impressive to come through two Mondays in quite quick succession. Um, and after showing he can handle it with, with the big boys on the PGA Tour in a T14 in Hawaii, um, I don't mind Nick Hardy. Uh, 13 to 2 for a top 20. Um, so I've had a couple of quid on that. And just in case, I might put a little bit on his outright if it's eight places at 300 to 1. I think I might have a little go in that top 20 as well on your mate that you you flagged up a couple of weeks ago, that John mm. Augenstein. Um, I, he, I see he's in the field again this week. Uh, and this... Uh, you know, once again, he doesn't he doesn't need to be super long here, which he which he's not. And uh, but he's but he's a good ball striker, and that could that Joel Ornigan could be a good um, top top twenty shout as well. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's move on. Okay, let's move on to just the uh, this couple of news sort of items in the in the golfing world. Um, it just regards to um, Star Sports Bet. We've uh, Star Sports Bet have got a great promotion actually this week. It's free. Promotion where you actually can go on to starsportsbet.co.uk and it's a simple yes or no um, uh, game in the Super Bowl. You get to answer 
10 questions, yes or no, uh, in the Super Bowl. You get uh, 10 of those right. Uh, you win a £200 free bet uh, with Star Sports Bet. Uh, if you get eight of them right, you win a £10 free bet. So it's a free-to-play game. You might as well play it while you're watching the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, I uh, want to just finish um, by talking a couple of bits and pieces um, about the uh, sort of world of golf, and, and uh, the first one I can't we can't let this pass without talking about this. Um, Patrick Reed did that ball plug. Do you believe him? <laughs> yes, it. Um, no, no, I don't believe him. Sorry, um, and it absolutely didn't plug. Um, whether Patrick will ever admit to that, I highly doubt it. Um, but equally, I don't think it's Patrick Reed's fault. Um, yes, he's not maybe as transparent as the vast majority of the players would be. Um, not quite as holier than thou as a lot of them. Um, but surely it's up to to the officials and to the powers that be to make it uh, a situation where he can't cheat. Um, and I think, albeit he was definitely playing it in his favour, he manufactured what he was saying and how he dealt with the rules officials so that he didn't actually break any rules, um, even though he knew that it was definitely yeah. not in the spirit of the game. Um, and I think it's perhaps on on the officials of not being quite hard enough and, and sure enough of themselves to hold him to account for it. I think that would have gone a long way to avoid any any controversy. Um, that said, I whisper it quietly, but it, it was cheating, wasn't it? Um, not that I cared, having, having been on him last week. Um, yeah. That said, <laughs> but I think he probably took advantage of, of all of the circumstances of his group of that day, being, being Robbie Shelton and Will Gordon. Both are... Fairly are rookies on tour, really. They're not experienced. They don't maybe know what their responsibility is in terms of protecting the field in that regard. Um, and of the, an old volunteer who maybe wasn't as on it as she perhaps should have been, has probably only accepted that role so she can play the course for free on Monday. Um, I don't know. I'm sort of casting aspersions now. But it made me cast my mind back to, to Augusta, I think, when he was in the same group as, Pat, uh, as Patrick Berger, I think in Liverpool, as uh, Daniel Berger, um, when Daniel Berger had sprayed one left of the fairway and Reed put it in the trees right, and instead of going to address his ball, because he knew there was a rule in, Berger went to go and sort of supervise Patrick Reed through his, through his drop with the rules official to make sure nothing underhand was going on. Um, and I know that's maybe because Berger knows a bit more about what Reed's history has been like with things like that, and it's indiscretions, but I'm very much yeah. talking with, with rose tinted specs with with my friend Patrick at the moment. He's made me a bit richer, so yeah. he can do no wrong. In my eyes. What about yeah. you? What, what was your take on it? Yeah, yeah, I um, I wanted to ask you that because first, because you, you know you were quite. I thought about you at that time because I thought you you were quite heavily invested in in the outcome of this, and when they started flashing back during the round later on to the rules officials, you know, getting on, uh, even though we had Sky Sports coverage, you could see the American coverage was, they had this USGA rules official on the line and they were talking it through with him. And, uh, and you could tell, you know, through the, uh, you know, through the commentary and, uh, you know, and, and the, and obviously the guys uh, there that they thought it was dodgy and they were, uh, everyone kind of expressed surprise about him picking that ball up. I think you put it really, really well when you said he took advantage of the guys he was playing with and, and basically pulled his seniority yeah. on them a little bit and said, guys, I'm just going to, you know, pick this up. Um, uh, you know, it's plugged and they went, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, and, and the rules official, as you say, um, or the the volunteer, um, you know, said no, it, it didn't bounce, and uh, and so yeah, I, I, Patrick played it very well. Um, yeah, it made me. Yeah, it made me I, 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 I'm not. I, I'm not. See, here's here's why. Here's why I wanted to raise it with you. The amount of vitriol that come out on Twitter afterwards from fans. There are people who yeah. actively hate this guy. Um, and um, I mean, I really the strength of depth of feeling about Patrick Reed is amazing to me um, because when they're playing in the Ryder Cup, and he is going to definitely be in, in front and center in that American team in that Ryder Cup, uh, are they going to be cheering for Captain America in that Ryder Cup as much as they're snaking oh, him off at the moment? They because, will. I think you know? fans are fickle at the best of times, aren't they? When he's got his red, white, and blue on and he's leading the line for a. Uh, for America, I'm sure they'll be on his side. Um, I'm sure he can cheat as much as he wants against against the Euros. Um. Yeah, yeah. So I think that I, what what I, I, what 
I don't have the depth of feeling about it. I'm, uh, I guess you can probably tell that by now. I I also have won money off Cat Patrick Reed before, uh, and so I and I and I, as I said, I'm kind of kicking myself that I wasn't on him this week. But I, I so I, he is a competitor. He didn't break, look. He played it to the rules. There, there were certain rules in place. Um, did he massage them to make yeah. it better for him? Yes. Did did um did he but did he make sure that everyone was involved and did he follow all the guidelines? Yeah. Yes. So um uh, you know um I don't uh, you, you know you, you kind of know Patrick Reed will do what he can to win and and you just have to watch you know you have yeah, to watch him as a rules uh, official. It was interesting what and, and a he, couple of the, the pros came out and mentioned there was there was mutterings between the, the locker room in the locker room about yeah. Xander Schofle being one of those people that it was quite pointed in his yeah, criticism of Reed, got, actually. Got past dealings you know? with that. Lanto Griffin came out as well, and obviously McElroy mentioned it. But there, there is no rule that says he has to ask people before he picks it up. The rule just says if it's embedded, right? So just because he wasn't as transparent, mm. called everyone over, I think he, he was cheating, but it made me smile in his, in his interview afterwards um, where he was on the phone and then he was interviewed, um, and then it was like flashback to the moment with the rules official and the recording of it. And at one point, he sort of turned to the camera with a smirk and said, well, that's the only way you can tell is to go and watch the recording, at which point he knew they were never going to do that. So even the way where he knew where the camera yeah. was and made sure he was facing away from it, so it was sort of it was masked exactly what he was doing. I think the big the question mark is, did, did he apply pressure to the ball to, to make the, the impression that then the rules official looked at? And you can't possibly tell that. So I think he's been very, very clever and probably cheated, but got away with it. Not that it really matters in the end. I think we should remember that he did win yeah. by a street in the end. And despite straight after it, he yeah, voted for yeah. the next six. Yeah. And I thought it surprised me because I, I was thinking, how has it got to him? He's not the sort of player who's going to get bothered by a bit of drama. Um, and he bogeyed four and six, I think, towards the end of that rap. Uh, the end of that round. But it seemed yeah, to modernise him for the yeah. Sunday, didn't it? Because he didn't crack. Oh. Yeah, I actually think he finished quite weakly on the on uh, on that third round, and, and I actually thought, oh, there's uh, he's left the door ajar here, and uh, I wasn't absolutely convinced he was going to win on the Sunday, but he won well. He was very impressive on the Sunday. Everyone else fell away, uh, and he stayed he stayed strong. So, hey, it's a win's a win. He, as I say, he, he the rules officials, as he very clearly and repeatedly said. You did everything right, Patrick. Do you notice how he said that like like yeah. at least a half a dozen times? Um, so you know he he pulled the rules officials in on his side very quickly and 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 pointed out very plainly that they'd said he'd done absolutely nothing wrong. So hey, that, that that's what it is. And uh, you know I think everyone who gets so hot under the collar about Patrick should just you know calm down. He, he um you know he there are rules officials out there. They have pulled him up before, and he has been, you know, lost strokes and, and had strokes added. I mean, um, before. So, look, look he, um, I don't think he, uh, look, he, he, he's not, he's not a, a Woolfield um, cheater. He, he just does what he has to do to win. Um, does is it more than what he should do sometimes? Yeah, probably. But hey, it makes the game interesting. There are people there to 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 to, to watch him, uh, and uh, and let's see how he sort of goes. But the the amount of the uh, American um, audiences who who are black or white on on Patrick Reed who either think he's great or absolutely loathe him is really amusing. You know, I just find that um, uh, I think he's I think he's really riled up a lot of um, casual golf fans. So um, let me just ask you um, something else as well. Webb Simpson in the week um, had an interview about um, technology and about distance and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just want to read you something that. Um, that he that he said um he said um i've been kind of saying this for a few years i don't think equipment is the problem i do think um i, I do think jack nicholson hit it a lot further than bobby jones and then the guys after jack um are going to hit it further than jack distance was never really um that big of an issue uh, when jack was playing and hitting at 300 yards I just think the issue comes down to golf course architecture. We need more dog legs. We need lighter. Sorry, we need tighter fairways. We need longer rough. We need smaller greens. We need more. Um, we need more firm greens. Um, all those things I just named save money, save water, um, it saves land that you have to build a golf course, 
We know that 8,000-yard golf courses are not the answer. Brooks Kepka shot 16 under par at uh, Aaron Hills. I believe that's what he shot. So it was just a conversation in an interview he was having where, you know, this whole um, debate about they're trying to obviously think about changing the technology of golf balls uh, and, 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 and golf and maybe possibly golf clubs and what have you to try and stop these guys you know, basically mauling golf courses. And, and Webb Simpson, who is not known as a, as a big hitter, he certainly is not a big hitter, um, straight hitter and a great player, um, but not um, a big hitter, is basically siding on the course uh, the side of, um, of the actual golf courses and saying, guys, don't, don't, don't play with the golf balls and play with the equipment. Change the architecture of the golf course and, and make it harder that way. Um, which I just couldn't agree with. More. Yeah, what, I think it's, a, think it's an interesting conversation and one that's going to roll on for quite a while. And obviously, there was the, I've read, I'm going to have a look at the article from the USG and the RNA about the bifurcation and rollback of equipment. Uh, I think I'd have yeah. to side with Webb too. I think it doesn't matter if you roll the equipment back, it doesn't matter if you change the ball and make the, the driver head smaller. The longest hitters are still going to be the longest hitters. I think that. That's not going to change. Mm. Um, what I do think is that it it will be a shame if if distance keeps going like it is. That a lot of the classic courses will be will be outdated, and it's not that they're it's not even that they're less enjoyable to watch. It's just that they can't be played as they were intended to be. I think taking eight, eight or nine irons into thirteen Augusta is a perfect example. Um, that just wouldn't be the case. I was listening to a mm. podcast the other day where I think it was Norman was, was debating between his forward and his, and his two iron from a shot that wasn't so much further away just because of how far club technology has come on. Um, but, but equally, you've got to change the courses in that case and you've got to... I don't, I don't know that there's an answer with that because the boys who hit it long are always going to find another way. Putting a tree in like Webb suggests and putting the rough up, we saw that at winged foot. Bryson still murdered the field because playing out the rough from 90 yards is a lot easier than 170. So I think the rough isn't the answer. I mm. like the idea of, of harder, trickier greens that you need to hit with better shots into. Um, that is harder to get up and down from around. For me, I'd much rather see people play a shorter course than just play Beth Page every week, for example, where it is just like the top, the bottom two thirds of the field in driving distance just cannot win. Um, it, I like a, a course that opens mm. it up to the whole event and that you can play in different styles and still play well. Um, and there's something to be said mm. for the artistry and the shot making of it all. Um, but that's kind of an argument for the purists, I think. The aim of golf is to get in the hole in the least amount of shots, isn't it? Um, and you need to do anything you can to get to make that be so. I think there there could be something to do with golf architecture to to make to make golfers have, to make them play shots the way they were intended to be played. But I just don't see that there's an answer because your Brysons of the world and your Dustins of the world are still going to dwarf golf courses, even if it was a 10% rollback at this point. I think that is almost too far gone. Classics like St. Andrews is just, when I mean, you look at the 18th hole, it's, kind of like it's just not the same hole as it used to be because of the advancements in golf. Yeah. I, I think that personally, I think you're right. I think the de- the the Disneyland kind of golf courses that some of the PGA Tour, um, uh, you know, the the, the the kind of wide fairways and and, uh, and and fairly kind of gettable greens for the well, for the average club golfer, they're, they're tough courses. For these guys, they're they're a doddle. That's not every PGA Tour course, and and the ones uh, you know that that are the tight, testing dog leg tracks. I I really like those because you you can't. Well, sometimes they're trying to find a way of doing it, but more often than not, even if you do find a way over, you blast over, you're going to run out of fairway on the other side and potential tree trouble. So it does promote shot shaping and and, and accuracy and artistry um, of of that sort of ilk. And I really like watching that kind of um, golf course and that kind of tournament. So I think that, for me, yeah, I think trees and and growth um, are are good, you know, are good dividers. Um, uh, yeah, you, I I think for me it's a combination of the two. Sure, have your have your ones have your golf courses where 
yeah, you, you guys are just going to bomb it, and uh, and that's good for sort of people who like watching Bryson DeChambeau sort of swing it at a million miles an hour. If you, I personally don't. That doesn't float my boat. I, I like to see. I like watching Bubba Watson shape a ball, for example. Even though he also is one of the longest sitters on tour, but I, but I also like you know a number. Of, I, like, I like watching Webb Simpson play. I think he plays a really smart round of golf, and and, and so I like watching that. I'll, I'll always prefer artistry over over brawn uh, on golf. So I I, I think he's right. Uh, uh, pulling back equipment is not. Uh, yeah, it's still going to make the longest hitters the longest hitters. Uh, I think make it uh, make it visually interesting and, ma- and make it tricky um, for these guys to, to to try and bomb it. And I think yeah, smaller greens, um, maybe you know tighter tighter fairways and that sort of thing can do that. Um, but don't yeah, I, I don't think they need to kind of re-engineer the wheel because it is this is what the game is, um, and, and you're going to have some courses where they're going to. Murder it, and that might be that's okay. Some courses are going to be, you know, 20, 25 under, sort of, you know, okay, fine, that's okay. And then some courses are going to be, you know, uh, nine or 10 under uh, at the end of the week. And, and and I think as long as there's a combination yeah, of the I two, agree. I think um, it's fine. Yeah, I think the only bit that kind of makes sense, I can't remember whether it was in Webb's interview or it was Kisner uh, last week, but he had a be in his bonnet about, about the fairway bunkers, which kind of makes a lot of sense um and he said basically the disadvantage at the moment for him is that the top 25 30 percent of hitters the bunkers just don't even come into your thoughts on when you're hitting a drive which isn't as the game was intended to be played they should be they should be a hazard shouldn't they they should be something that is a there should be a risk to to just go in for a drive rather than looking to play a, a, a played a shot for accuracy um but equally his argument was that he yeah. doesn't just want tees moving back because that's just going to play into the hands of the longer hitters even more um so I don't think there's a solution. It'd be really interesting to see to see what comes of it because it sounds like I've been talking about it for years, really. But by publishing this report uh, between the RNA and the USGA, it might well be that that Bryson's finally tipped them over the edge. Um, I'm sure there's a mention in there of banning the 48 inch driver, um, which is still a myth as far as I'm concerned. He's sticking with his 45, but it's interesting that that's what it's taken and someone taking it to that extreme for them actually to 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 put themselves into action and and make something happen with it. So I'm interested to see how it goes. Um, yeah, I, I think you you said something really interesting there when you said that whole risk reward thing. And I think this week at this particular course, you know, we see you know a few holes like that where, and I think that was re- I find those holes fantastic where you know that drivable par four scenario where yep you can possibly get a two and you can possibly get a six. So um, I, I, I love that, um, and I think those sort of holes on courses they have to have them every hole. But I think um, you know certainly on on every course, if there's a couple of those holes where you know you're basically saying to these pros, um, "Yep, it's up to you." Um, and I, I, I love that, and and that's what makes this Waste Management Phoenix Open a great tournament because down that stretch on the Sunday, it's always interesting, uh, and that's because of the golf course architecture, isn't it? You know. Uh, uh, let's also talk about uh, DeChambeau, um just to finish with. He um, sort of said the other day, someone was saying, oh, you know, you, uh, how, how are you happy? How are you feeling about your kind of body shape and what have you? And he's actually now said, he said, are you still drinking on this interview seven milkshakes a day? And and DeChambeau said, oh no, I'm actually feeling a bit podgy. I, feel, I look a bit big and a bit a bit podgy. I'm gonna I'm cutting down on those and I'm gonna kind of trim down and uh, and get a bit leaner. Um, what do you what do you think about uh, you know? The I think I think it's sad that the experiment is coming to a to an end, but I think it'll make him a better golfer. Um, I'm a massive Bryson fan. Um, I always sort of have been. Um, again, it's paid out of my pocket really, and him um, doing really well for me. But I just like that he's taking it to the extremes. That he's trying to push the boundaries, and he's scaring people. Right? As I think a lot of the top golfers, whether they want to admit it yeah. or not, they he worries he them in terms of how he is willing to take it to yeah. to any length to sort of to improve and be better at the game. And right now, distances, if you look at the top 10 in the world, the one thing they've probably got in common is they hit it an awful long way. It's probably the defining factor of being an elite golfer at the moment. They need to have everything with it. But if you were to look for one thing that all of those yeah. golfers do, there's not many that are that are not in the top 20% of drivers um, on tour. Uh, I think he just interests me. Um, I think the, the whole thing that he, he always... Golf clubs are the same size. All these wedges and irons—they're all the length of a mm. seven iron, I mm. believe. 
I think that's remarkable and it's something that no one ever talks about because this distance debate and his his bulk has has just overshadowed it all. Uh, but I think it's remarkable and I think that might be more of a key in his success perhaps than and even the distance at this point because people forget in all of the furor shouldn't be allowed if it's good or bad for the game. He was an excellent player before he got massive. I think that's important to remember. He was one of the best game players yeah. on tour before he decided, yeah. actually, I know I'm good at this, but in putting all my effort into that, I'm going to improve, win more tournaments and be a better golfer. So I think it's ingenuity. I think he is also kind of plays to the stereotype a little bit. Um, if you listen to his interviews, he's he's trying to find long words just to put in just for the sake of it that aren't actually meaningful to, to his cause because he likes that perception <laughs> of an intelligent a scientist. Yeah. Uh, the scientist. So yeah. he's almost like yeah. a caricature of himself at this point. But I mean, I'm all in. I think I think he's great for the game and I think he's, he's shaken things up and it's for the better. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm fascinated. I, I'm not as hot on Bryson as you are. Uh, I'm, uh, but here's something that I that I think uh, it gets you. Um, uh, you and only, what's his name? Uh, you and Murray talked about actually on the on the on on, the, on some of his commentary and Bryson DeChambeau, which he is a very very good putter, and I don't think that get, I don't think he gets enough credit for his touch on the greens. I think he's an excellent putter. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, the, all, as you said, he, is a, he was a great player, or well, very good player before before all this kind of search for power kind of went on. Um, I'm nonplussed about that search for power because I'm a bit more of a romantic in terms of mm -hmm. um, I like the artistry and all that kind of guff. But, um, but I'm still interested. And um, I'm really interested to see how he goes this week on... Because I, you know, he's going to be paired with DJ. It's going to be a big, long driving sort of contest. It's going to be a kind of like a who's got the bigger kind of swing and the bigger drive, and um, it's like yeah. who's got the bigger balls kind of thing. You know, I think it's a bit of a pissing contest um, between these two uh, on this, and and because, and it will be a very good pointer to perhaps what how they kind of you know go for the later in the year when we sort of as we roll up to the US Open and 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 the PGA Championship and and Augusta and all these sort of things. Um it could be a great form pointer that Bryson could come out this weekend because this you know that these as you say he gets the best of the conditions. It's a it's a bit of an open sort of um fairway pitch and putt sort of thing for him. Bryson could come out here and murder this field this week and and I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm really interested in, in in what and if he leans up a little bit, I don't think that will do him any harm because he looks <laughs> he's like he's got to have a heart attack. Um, half time. Half tempted um, to put a couple of quid on him just for some yeah. interest tomorrow morning on first round leader. Uh, he's about twenty to one, I think. So it might be just. I mean, it's something to watch mainly. Um, now we're all working from on these days. It's nice to have something in the background, yeah. isn't it? Um, so yeah, I'm interested just to it see is, that. Yeah. See how he comes out after the break and see him compared to DJ is going to be really interesting and. Yeah, it's something to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, it is. All right, mate. Well, look, um, th thank you, Matt. Uh, you've been, once again, excellent. Congratulations once again on, on an excellent shout last week on tipping Patrick Reed uh, and and of multiple um, place finishes. You did really well. Uh, and uh, so I hope everyone enjoyed uh, listening to us prattling on and took some sort of maybe some pointers out of some of the selections we liked this week. And uh, we'll see always a pleasure. Thanks for having us. All right. Cheers. Yeah.